0: Hi Listeners, Welcome to Mind Matters with Project CLAP. I am your host Nitya Murli, and this episode is scripted by Bhavika Sachan. Let's talk about the sundry lenses on mental health. In order to examine the human body as a situation That is a conceptual framework of understanding the prevalent socio-cultural behaviour in a community, it is better that we first look at WHO's definition of mental health. WHO defines mental health as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his abilities, can cope with normal stresses, work productively and make a contribution to the community it aims at promoting mental health beyond the portals of mere absence of mental disorders or disabilities in other words who indeed regards mental health from a human rights perspective for your understanding giving mental health a human rights perspective means to broaden its base in political economic and development issues of education, employment, refugees, health, etc. as well as to bring to notice the question of justice that is associated with it. Framing it as a right to health, right to bodily integrity and right to be free from torture sums up the way we should look at the idea of mental health. With the way our society is progressing every one in three persons becomes a victim of mental health hazards that need not be inherited there is competition everywhere there is pressure from family and peers pressure of being in a relationship pressure from expectations in workplaces in education etc But the one common point which connects all these causes together is the guilt. Guilt at being unable to fulfill the given gender role. Society's view on mental health from the lens of gendered perspective is the most damaging for any nation. The androcentric assumptions in our minds does not allow us to speak freely about our mental ailments, lest we should be emasculated, outcasted or just considered to be weak. This completely shuts out every possibility for deliberation on the hereditary nature of certain mental disorders such as bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, etc. Although it is true that a person inheriting the genes develops susceptibility to them, the disorder still remains dormant until triggered. Anything from childhood, traumatizing experiences such as accidents, sexual assaults, parental neglect may leave a deep wound in our subconscious minds which can trigger it at any point in life while experiencing similar situations. While the society and the polity at large have a tendency of dominantly associating women to the issues of maternal and childbirth, they fail to focus on the psychosocial health problems associated with girls as children, adolescents, women, wives, and mothers. The sudden onset of puberty, rapidly changing levels of hormones during pregnancy, and in the postpartum period increase women's likelihood of developing mental illnesses. Girls who get married at an early age and who are being exposed to intimate partner violence and abuse by greedy in-laws are more likely to fall prey to mental health hazards. In case of sterility or failure of conceiving a male child, women develop major depressive disorder or hypersensitivity for fear of rejection in society. It appears that being born a female is in itself a serious mental health hazard, let alone one being born as differently abled, deformed or as a transgender. For the overprotective mothers of these children, Worrying and thinking too much are the problems most often reported, about 31%, which mark an increase in cases of depression and anxiety in women. Illiterate women living in acute poverty and debased areas, working in exploitative conditions to support their families, facing the tantrums of their alcoholic husbands, at times even getting beaten or raped are more prone to mental as well as physical health issues such as HIV and STDs. The toll that it puts on their psychological and emotional well-being is so much that it makes these women turn to drugs and alcohol to ease the pain of this abuse, or even contemplate taking up sex work as means of livelihood which simply intensifies their feelings of desolation. While the government at best can provide us with facilities, the battle actually begins from us, from within us, in our growth environment that is societies where we must accept to recognize mental illness or disabilities as normal diseases with possible cures. I would suggest going to life coaches, psychiatrists and even NLP practitioners that is, neuro-linguistic programming practitioners for proper medication and treatment in order to overcome these mental health issues. One of the many things that you would find these life coaches will usually suggest is self-love and self-care as the best remedy. They would say until and unless you learn to accept yourself as who you are, People will not recognize, love or accept you. But all this just in theories. How can you expect to love yourself when you are at the lowermost pit in life, when your very existence makes you hate living? That's where compassion and companionship come in. Healing begins from our homes. It always helps to let your parents and trusted friends know what is troubling you. Talking and listening to others acts as a safety valve and helps to release the unnecessary overthinking and pressure. After all, even we who suffer from mental health issues and disorders need someone to hear us out. We want to be told that we are important. We are loved and we are needed. We want someone in our lives who will accept us, not give up on us. Someone who will willingly stay by our side. Self-love and self-care are indeed the best remedies, but they are all incomplete without someone extrinsically arousing the desire in us to change. After all, for whom should we change, right? We need to remind ourselves that someone out here in this world is waiting for us, is silently cheering us on, silently supporting us. In my opinion, sending such sufferers to rehabilitation centers is the worst possible move any family can take. I request the listeners not to give up on them. Such people need you. They need your support. They need your constant support. Still, if you decide to send them to rehabilitation homes, I just hope that you will visit them often and keep reminding them that you are a beautiful creation of God, worthy of giving and receiving love.